0: One of the favorite toys that we have in our house is something called Marble Run. I don't know if you had this when you were a child or maybe you've got it in your house at the moment, but basically it's all sorts of like different um, blocks basically, but they're all different shapes you get funky ones like this and then you get ones that look like this, you can get longer ones, you can get shorter ones and the idea is that you stack them all up in different ways to make a sort of tower and then you get um, a marble or several marbles if you live in our house and you put them all down and you and it's like a massive slide um, I guess is the best way to describe it and all the marbles roll down to the bottom. And it's loads of fun, um, and I really love building them. I really love thinking through, like the engineering behind it, and and how it's going to work. And I, I like thinking about the building blocks that you need in place to me- to make something work. Um, And funnily enough, today our scripture that we're looking at is a little bit like that. It's got some building blocks in it. We are still in the book of Philippians and each week um, I I feel like God's given a message to us as a church to encourage us as we move into a new season at G2. Um, so the first message from two weeks ago was one of abounding love. I think God is leading us deeper in love. Love as a community, love for Jesus, love from Jesus and love for each other. A love that is kind and patient. It doesn't boast. It doesn't envy. And then the second message uh, from last week, that was about receiving a fresh supply of the Spirit. I think God is inviting us to go deeper with the Holy Spirit, to make more time to sit in the presence of the Spirit and for that to be our fuel, our engine in everything that we do. So let's have a look at today's verse. It's Philippians 2 and we are starting at verse 4. 14 and remember Paul is writing um, to people in the uh, church in Philippi and that he loves very dearly they're close friends of his they're people that he knows well he's writing from prison and he's writing to encourage them so verse 14 in Philippians 2 he says do everything without grumbling or arguing I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Now, last week, we saw some of the poetic side of Paul's letter when he wrote to die is Christ, to live is gain. And I said last week that um, the original Greek of this was very poetic. It was alliterative. It was uh, repetitive and it really stood out in the text. And we actually see something similar here. Paul um, is using a beautiful kind of language as he writes this and we'll look at that in a minute. But he's also a little bit like an architect here. He, I think he would have taken great care when writing this particular paragraph as he's putting in building blocks of scripture as he writes it, a little bit like the marble run. Hidden in this paragraph, there are three references to Old Testament scripture and the people reading these letters um, I think would have spotted these references because they would have known their scripture, they would have known their Old Testament scripture. I wonder if we know our scripture and can spot it too. So the first scripture is simply the reference to grumbling and arguing that we saw in that text. It says do everything without grumbling or arguing. So this is referring to the Israelites in Exodus 16 and 17, if you want to specifically look up that section. It's Exodus 16 and 17. Um, So this is obviously the story of the Israelites uh, leaving Egypt and being in exile, trying to figure out what is next. And it says... Um, in Exodus 16 that they were on the 15th day of the second month in the wilderness. So, that basically, they'd left Egypt a month and a half earlier. Probably that initial excitement had worn off, the food had run out, and they were beginning to question the plan particularly Moses' plan as their leader. And they'd started complaining to Moses. And they were actually saying that they wished that they hadn't left Egypt at all. They actually actually wished that they'd been left to die in Egypt. And if we look at Exodus 16, the word grumble appears six times. It says... In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. It also says, Because he has heard your grumbling against him, who are we that you should grumble against us? He says, Because he has heard your grumbling against him, you are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Verse 9 it says, Then Moses told Aaron, Say to the entire Israelite community, Come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And then verse 12, it says, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. So this um, is the part of the story where God provides manna for them. So you might know that. If not, then do uh, read the whole story because it's a really great part of the story. So they're all grumbling, as we can see, and God's response to their, their complaining is provision. And so what happens is every day for six six days a week when they wake up there is manna on the ground there's some food on the ground and on the sixth day there's enough for two days and then there isn't any on the seventh day what an amazing miracle this was and you think that they would be happy now that they'd be satisfied and they'd remember that they can trust God but no if we look at then chapter 17 exodus 17 back to complaining and this time they're arguing as well Um, and this time it's because they're thirsty so Exodus 17 verse 2 says so they quarreled with Moses and said give us water to drink Moses replied why do you quarrel with me why do you put the Lord to the test verse 3 it says but the people were thirsty for water there and they grumbled against Moses and so what happens is, once again, unsurprisingly, God provides. He tells Moses to go and strike a rock with his staff and water will come out of it. In verse 7, it says, And he called the place Massa, meaning testing, and Meribah, which means quarrelling, because the Israelites quarrelled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? He actually named this place where this miracle happened quarrelling and testing because of how much of a nightmare the Israelites were being. So that is our first building block in this scripture in Philippians. When Paul writes, do everything without grumbling or arguing, grumbling or quarrelling, he is reminding them of the grumbling and arguing that happened before. Then Paul says so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in our warped and crooked generation. So this is the second building block. So we've got the first building block, which is from Exodus 16 and 17. This one is a direct quote from Deuteronomy 32, which is the Song of Moses. So it's still um, to do with Moses. and it, But at this point in Deuteronomy 32, we see Moses is 120 years old and he knew at that point in his life, very near the end of his life, that he wasn't ever going to see the promised land. He had already handed on the baton to Joshua and these are pretty much his parting words, his final goodbye in Deuteronomy 32 And the Israelites at this point had become more rebellious against God and Moses. um, Sorry, and Moses actually says to them that if they are this rebellious while Moses is alive, how much worse are they going to get after he is dead? He's worried about them. He's really worried about them. So despite all those years earlier, like we saw in Exodus 16 and 17, they grumbled and they complained and they basically rebelled, and God provided food. And then they grumbled and they complained and they rebelled and they questioned Moses, and God provided water. And that journey carried on all the you know, that it was like a repetitive story of them not trusting, not trusting. And even now, when Moses 120, it's still the same. So in Deuteronomy, verse 5. Um, Moses sings these words, so it's Deuteronomy 32, verse 5, about the Israelite people. He says, I'm not going to sing it, don't worry. He says, They are corrupt and not his children. To their shame they are a warped and crooked generation. Is this the way you repay the Lord, you foolish and unwise people? Is he not your creator who made you and formed you? So when Paul says in verse 15 so that you may become blameless and pure children of a children of God without fault in our warped and crooked generation. He is once again referring to the Israelites. He's reminding his friends in Philippi of the story of God's people. I don't think Um, that Paul is actually saying that they are arguing and grumbling. There's no sort of evidence that that is what was going on at the time. But I think he's just reminding them not to. He's encouraging them, don't go down that route. Don't do what the Israelites did, which was such a colossal mistake. Okay, so that's the second building block. So the first building block, which is um, he was using... He was referencing Exodus 16 and 17. And then the second building block, he uses a direct quote from Deuteronomy 32. So what's next? Well, in this um, scripture in Philippians, Paul then says, Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Now, this is too poetic not to be a reference, isn't it? I wonder if you know where it's from, though. This reference is from the book of Daniel. So most most of us are familiar with the story of Daniel. He was an advisor to the king. He served him by interpreting his dreams and he became one of his most trusted advisors. The king died and then there was a new king and this new king expected everyone to bow down to him and not worship any other god. Daniel refused and he got thrown into the lion's den he spent the night there and as you know he survived totally unharmed protected by God the king then believed in Yahweh as a result of the protection that Daniel received he believed in Yahweh our God and he told everybody that they had to too not entirely sure that that was fruitful so Daniel returned as a trusted advisor and a prophet to the new king. And the book of Daniel is both a story and a prophecy. At times, it was so accurate that some people think it must have been written after events that then happened, which were talked about in the book of Daniel, because they believe it couldn't possibly have been written before. And so right at the end of Daniel, he is prophesying about end times when everybody written in God's book will be saved. And he says these words those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever so can you see how paul uses these words when he says shine among them like stars in the sky paul is reminding the people in philippi that the story is not over yet. Yes, the Israelites struggled. They grumbled and they argued and they lost so much. But there is so much more to come. There is so much more to be hopeful for. And we too can shine like the brightness of heaven, like the stars. Okay, so back to Philippians 2 now. And let's look at the whole verse. So chapter 2, verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. As you hold firmly to the word of life. Look at how beautiful that is. That is amazing rhetoric. Paul is encouraging the church in Philippi to hold firmly to the word of life, to scripture, by using scripture. He's quoting scripture to encourage people to stay firm to scripture. He's a genius. And I think that is the message for us too, that God is inviting us into. I think that is the encouragement that God has for us. I think we are entering a season where we will hold Firmly to the word, where we will know our Bible more and you'll not just know it but live by it. I think um, we currently live in a culture where the worldly message regularly is to do what's right for you, to do what feels good, to follow your heart. And I think there's a countercultural invitation here from God. One which means knowing scripture, knowing the stories of old, knowing the mistakes that God's people have made and learning from them. And this isn't a message to shame us. I was joking when I asked how many of us would know um, that Paul's used three Old Testament references in this paragraph because I definitely didn't know that until I did some work on it. I think lots of us don't know our Bible really, really well. But there's an invitation to step more into that and to press into God's word. And so if God is inviting us to grow in our love, as I shared two weeks ago, and if he's bringing us a fresh supply of the spirit, as I shared last week, and if we are going to be a church that stands on scripture, so we're learning and growing together, then what an exciting season we have ahead of us. And with any invitation, we need to respond. I mean, you can't just not reply to an invitation, can you? Well, you can, but it's probably a little bit rude. So what is our response? How do you feel about scripture? Do you feel a bit daunted by it? Are you not sure where to start? Does it all look a bit boring to you? Do you want to grow more in it? I don't mean necessarily do you want to study theology or memorise Bible verses, but do you want to actually um, have the Bible more at the centre of your life for that, that to be where your wisdom and your discernment comes from? Do you want to try new ways of engaging in it? I think this invitation is for for each of us individually and all of us as a church and I think God is just asking us right now to say yes. So I'd love for you to respond to that just in your heart, in your own way and let me just finish by praying for us. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for these old stories that we can learn from and the mistakes of your people that we can learn from as well god thank you for the gift of the bible thank you that it is the living word and it speaks to us today and thank you for this invitation to step more into the word to press in further and we ask for your spirit to help us to respond to this As we read the word more, as we explore it and ask questions, God, we ask for a fresh supply of the Holy Spirit to help us with that, to bring revelation, to bring understanding, to bring discernment, God.